I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 21, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We got stuff on the docket. Let's first discuss the thing that jumps off the page at me or at us when we look at the daily chart. 325.85. We know about that price. We've discussed that price. Here it is again. 325.85, what you're going to see today is the market basically center around 325.85 and treat it as a pivot. Here's the intraday 15-minute chart, just so you can get the perspective of what we're discussing. The market was fighting. It was support most of the day, fighting 3 and a quarter 85 and then at the end of the day, gives up the ghost to fill the gap. Is that just trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, a little bit of shenanigans, or is there something more? It's a good question. Let's continue discussing it. What is 325.85? It's basically the gateway to fill the gap all the way up here. We don't know they will or won't fill the gap. 333.48, we'll call it 333.50 or above. First, they have to start closing daily above three and a quarter 85. So today, they flirted with it. They spent a majority of the day above that number. Yet, at the end of the day, they give up the ghost they close down below. Is that meaningful one way or the other? Not really. Just because they couldn't close above there on the first day they reached that price doesn't really put a line in the sand. So let's get that out in the open. Here's an hourly chart. We're jumping around a little bit, but that's okay. You got to stay on your toes. You never know when you're going to get a short hop. All day long... The market, based on the hourly chart, looks like it's putting in one of these bullish, wedgish, bullish, flaggish type of deals. Has a gap higher, starts going sideways. We know the routine, but any pattern, any situation can fail, so we know below the low of day is a problem. Below the low of day, certainly below 325.85 on hourly close, it opens the door to fill the gap. How do we know that? Because it was put inside the numbers in the commentary for members. So what do they do? They run down to fill the gap, yet they close above the gap. For me, that was an important development. I didn't want to see price, if you have the bullish case in mind, I didn't want to see price close below the gap. That would have promoted more bearish behavior, likely we would have woken up to lower prices in the morning. Now, that still may happen, but closing above the gap is just one thing. They ran down to fill the gap. Nothing more, nothing less. When does it become something more? When they start closing hourly below the gap, they open with a gap down well below the gap in the morning. Those type of things change the picture. Right now, all they did, and again, we take it at face value, it's the duck until it's proven otherwise, The thing is, they just ran down to fill the gap, bounced off of it, life goes on. That's on its face what happened in the afternoon. Let's talk about the bear case for a moment. Where does the market go bad? In other words, for the bulls, where does the shit hit the fan? Or for the bears, where does the acceleration take place if they close the day? 
This is a daily close. Obviously, things begin with short-term candles. They morph into an hourly close. But certainly, if they close the day below 319, they're in trouble. That begins to look like a failed breakout, a lower high with a failed breakout. See you later, Charlie. By the way, I know there's going to be some Weisenheimer that's going to say, how can it be a lower high if you went above the high? That's not what I was talking about. You have a high, lower high. This counts as a lower high if, in fact, this fails. Why does it count that way? Because it's my video and that's the way I said it. It's basically just semantics. Let's not get wrapped up into what we label stuff. The failure is what would be important If you start closing daily below 319, I think that speaks to a failure. You'd still have to get below the moving averages and all that stuff, but that's the quote-unquote Mendoza line. What's the Mendoza line? Just think of it as the line in the sand. What about the bull case? The bull case is pretty simple. 325.85, you've got to stay above. You stay above hourly, daily, and so on, and they work their way up to fill the gap. At least it opens the door to fill the gap up at 333 and change. That's basically the schematic on its face. Let's take a peek at inside the numbers. I'm just going to say a few comments about the comments, and then what I urge you to do as I scroll up is pause the video, read the comments, go back to the chart. The bottom line is the market was basically stuck in a very tight range slow market, chop shop formation for a good chunk of the day. So there was not really much going on. Here's what we'll say. We knew the support area right out of the gate. The spot, right? Spot number two is three and a quarter 85. This is posted on the board bright and early before the opening bell. Spot number one is the gap left open from yesterday, which is what was just hit this afternoon. So they kind of did the spots in reverse. They did spot number one, second, and spot number two, first, a whole day apart. What do I mean by that? Same routine, right of the vertical, today's activity. The market gaps slightly up in the morning, comes down to where? Makes a low right above the number, three and a quarter, 89. That was supposed to be support. That was spot number two, but... Not to be confused with spot number one, they took an immediate rocket ride from that area, but then you see what happened the remainder or the rest of the day. Let's check out some more stuff. So as the morning gets going, and here you go, still before the opening bell, under normal garden variety conditions, if they visit the zone between, and they never actually got there, they came up a few cents short, but we know the routine when that happens. It's like a gap. When they come up short of a number, it's generally a sign of one of two things. They're going to be right back, or it's bullish and they're trading away. Well, when they start trading away in a hurry, it's bullish. Not easy to read in real time. I'm not saying it's easy at all. I'm just saying what it was. I'm the one reading it in real time. Then you see we go on. Staying above 325.85 on short term is bullish. Let's move along because basically you know the routine. The market stayed there for the majority of the day. But we might want to take notice of this. 948, they should try for 327. Here you go. They made an attempt for a while. What was the high? 326.92. The high, 
326.93, another attempt, 326.91, and that was all she wrote. But that was close enough. We know the routine. We take profit along the way, and a professional trader, and by the way, put this on a sticky note, a professional trader will never have the full position he or she entered at the beginning of the trade by the end of the trade. Why is that? Because we take profit along the way. So therefore, by the time the trade is over at final target, if there is, for example, a final target, that trader has maybe 20, 25, maybe 30% at most of their initial position still on. Can you do it in halves? Of course you can. But I'm just telling you what the normal garden variety thing is. And there you see, close enough. Let's move it along. Now you go into the chop shop formation for a good chunk of the day. So you can pause the video and see whatever it is. Go back to the charts. I urge you to check and balance the whole thing. We know the routine. We know where the thing is wrong. Below 325.85, no dice, still the pivot. You're reminded of that all day long. So what happens when they break below 3.25? Trouble ahead. At least you know where you're wrong if you're in a trade and you're waiting for a breakout and it doesn't happen. It starts not to work. The character of the market begins to change. All of a sudden, the pattern that was developing on the chart is no longer active and operational. So therefore, the reason you took the trade changed. So what happens? Get out of the trade. That's an opportunity when you treat it like a business to cut and run. What happens if you stay in the trade waiting for it to bounce back? Well, then you're trading on hopium. Trader's choice. I like to advocate treating it as a business. Look at it differently. Let's look at it from a different perspective using a completely unrelated example. I own a restaurant. There's a festival this coming weekend. It's going to be busy. I'm expecting a lot of customers, so I order extra food. It's an expense. I better sell the food. What happens is they cancel the festival. So the reason I ordered the food changed. What do you do? You cancel the order. You don't want to get stuck with the extra food. You have to make business decisions. Moving right along. And as we move along, you'll see a chart or two. And here you go, right around lunchtime. That's what was going on. It was a bull flaggish kind of thing riding three and a quarter 85. That was the duck at present. Turned out to be an ugly duck moving right along. Again, we're reminded getting below and staying below the same number, the door would be ajar to fill the gap down south. That's what they did. They filled the gap down south. There's the gap. It's an approximate. I just threw the line in there. They filled the gap, bounced away from the gap. Got below, doors ajar, run down to the gap, get her done. Easy to see, not easy to trade. That's another awareness. What about stocks on the move today? There's two on the board. Let's discuss them both. Lessons learned either way. In fact, both ways. F-L-A-C-A-D. One was a short trade. One was a long trade. One shows jump target. There were two targets. We'll take a look at that one. It's a good example of a couple of things that we have to watch out for. Market was gapping higher in the morning, meaning the broader market. It takes a lot of the 
trade opportunities off the table. We just didn't have any stocks that were moving anything substantial at the open. Two popped up. Here they were. So Foot Locker was the first one. It was a short trade, and it was a short trade that gave a little pullback. So the stock runs up, busts through the number a little bit, the first number, not the second number, and then it pulls back a little bit. So here's the deal. When it starts climbing higher and it's now getting back above the shorting level, that's it. You don't want to be in a short trade when you have a floater market. Write that one down, put it on a sticky note. Doesn't mean they can't work, just where the comfortable versus the uncomfortable trades are. How about ACAD? Looks like a shit burger on the surface. Let's dig in a little further to see what it really is. So the stock opens below the first number, so it's off the table, meaning the first number's off the table. Look at the high in this candle, just by chance, happens to be 48.47, no accidents or coincidences. So obviously, and we say it all the time, what was one support becomes resistance. So that's what happened. They ran a quick back test, then went down toward the second number. However, let's drill down a little bit further. Let's peel back the onion, maybe two, three, four layers. Now, here's a one minute chart. So we're peeling it back all the way, all the way short of tick charts. Second minute of the day, what's the low? 46.12. But this candle here, eighth minute of the day, the low, 46.12. They don't come into the number until almost 15 minutes into the day. However, check this out. They come up a few pennies short and bounce away. The high of this candle is 47.40. So here's what we do know. When they come up short by a few pennies, and some traders will ask, and it's a legitimate question, how low or how close is too close? It's a few pennies. And if it's 10 or 12 or 15 or 20, is it too close? If you think it might be too close and it's in the heat of the moment, it's too close. That's it. Certainly, three, four, five, six cents is too close. They gave you the trade and then some coming up too close gave you the trade so you didn't get it. At least I didn't get it. Do you want it when it comes back down? And you know the answer. The answer is it's not the same trade. Might work, might not work. But the odds or the trade opportunity is not the same as the first run down. Period. Full stop. So as far as I'm concerned, this was a no trade. Even though it did it on the second number and then also the second number also failed. In my book, it was a no trade. Opens below the first number, comes up short of the second, bounces away over a dollar, over a dollar and a half, comes back down. Tell Sonny thanks, but no thanks. What do we got going over in Camp IWM? So yesterday we talked about the bull flag, and today they pop up higher and they stay up. So they still finished up almost 1.5%, a couple of bucks in IWM. What's the target? At least 150. What was the high today? 149.16. Is that enough? No. What's the target after 150? 152.50 give or take. Anything wrong with the IWM on the daily chart right now? Staying above all the moving averages. They looked like they were bullish. They were acting bullish. The ducks said they were bullish. And therefore, what happened? They went higher. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they're up today. And this one, and we've done this before, this is a technical term, so get out your sticky notes. This one was a tweener. So it was up in between the IWM and the SPY. 
How do we read that? We don't read it at all. We just say it was an up day. They're above all the moving averages. There's nothing technically wrong with this market. They have yet to fill the gap. It's been unattended to. This is the gap we're discussing. It's up here at 99.66 and change. They came up short. Now they're just going back and forth, formulating a chop shop formation. Could they come down a little bit further into the 200 period moving average here and still be the same position they're in now? And the answer is yes. That's just calling balls and strikes, being the umpire. Looking at each market independent of any other market and analyzing the chart that's in front of you. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q's down a couple of bucks today, a little less than 1%. Cause for alarm. They just haven't been able to get through that top, that double top, that reversal candle. And we said until and unless they can get through and close daily above that reversal candle, it's still a bona fide reversal candle. So what do you have here? You still have a bearish wedgish formation. However, remember, what's the dominant thing on the chart? The dominant thing is the fact that you're above all the moving averages. You could still come down to run a test of the 20 period moving average and it won't change anything on the chart. All it would really do is eat some more time off the clock, building some energy, allowing another push higher if the market remains bullish. Where would the Qs run into trouble? Closing the day below 253, I think, would be Trouble City. The actual number is 252.76. It's the low of this candle here. Closing below that, I think there's trouble for the Qs. How about the financials? Are there any problems here? Up 2% today, and we know the routine. The financials are back above the moving averages, and without the financials in either direction, the market's unlikely to get very far. So the financials were strong today, the transports were up, the IWM was strong. What's that telling us? Remember, we had some divergences yesterday, and we know the story with divergences. One way or the other, one thing is going to go catch up with the other. Either the spider would have come down, or the transports and the IWM will come up to meet what the SPY was doing. Either way, the divergences will clear up. Our job as analysts are to note the divergences, to be aware of the divergences, and to watch to see if they become more divergent, to see if they get weaker, to see if they get wider. When that starts to happen, you know that the market that's not following the downside, in this case it would have been the SPY, that would have been more likely to turn down had the IWM and the transports did the same thing today that they did yesterday. The fact that they pop back up, it becomes inconclusive that's the bottom line just calling it as i see it balls and strikes here's a little puzzle piece for you smash mouth tried to gap higher above the old high yet crapped out closed below it is that a signal is that a mini canary in the coal mine it's a good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself is it enough to be a proxy for the entire ball of wax we're gonna have to see a lot more it's extended. It's a little bit far from home base. But on the other hand, what's dominant? The uptrend is dominant, just like before. It's above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until what? Until it's not. Until it goes away. Struggling a little bit for Amazon. Looks like the smash mouth and the Q chart. No wonder. The dominant thing is the uptrend. Does that mean they can't pull back a little bit? 
come back toward home base? No, of course they can. Look at this last breakup candle. Comes in right around a big fat round number of 3,000. What happens if you think this thing comes down to visit around 3,000? Guess what? You'll find some garden variety support. That's the way the market works. Little bit of air out of the apple today. But again, above all the moving averages, maybe come back down toward the 20 a little bit. But this is a straight line up. This is a very tight uptrend. In the middle of the uptrend, the stock goes up, it pulls back. It goes up, it pulls back. What's it doing here? Went up, pulled back. Went up, pulled back a little bit. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. There's no reversal. It's not a debacle. It's a little more than 1%, still yet comfortably above home base. Can they come down toward home base? Of course. Does that mean there's any damage on the chart? No, it's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend. Playing the umpire, calling balls and strikes. Microsoft, another bellwether. Looks like the Q chart, smash mouth, the whole nine yards. Same routine. There's nothing technically wrong with this chart. Can come down a little bit to work off some of the overbought condition, but it's not far from home base anyway. What happens if it came down near 200? Do you think there would be garden variety support under normal garden variety conditions? The answer is yes. About Netflix, giving up the 20 period moving average a little bit. They had earnings the other day. Maybe doesn't look as quite healthy as some other charts, yet still remains in an uptrend. So this reversal was either just a pullback and will resume the uptrend or something more as long as they remain above the 20 period moving average and of course all the others then technically there's nothing wrong and yes you guessed it the trend is your friend until it's not similar routine just wanted to go prove the point google still high on the chart doesn't mean there's technically anything wrong it's in an uptrend there's nothing wrong doesn't mean it can't pull back a little bit that's what stocks do they run up they pull back they go up they pull back. That's by definition what creates the trade opportunities. What happens if this pulls back to 1500 to 1520? Do you think there'll be some buyers waiting in there? And the answer is yes, there will. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.